everybody. This is Evan Hill, your host from the Connecting Construction Podcast. Today, we have a very special episode for you, unique conversation with several owners and project managers, specifically in the healthcare space, as they talk about adoption, uh, leveraging new digital processes and techniques to increase efficiency, productivity, and ultimately results across their capital programs. Um, we had a guest back out, unfortunately, for this month's episode, so we fi- we figured this conversation would be a helpful um, replacement for, for this month's episode. So without further ado, I'll, I'll let you jump in and go ahead and give it a listen. Um, we'll be back at it next month with your regular hosts and content. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the content. Welcome, everybody, to today's webinar, Human Proofing Your Capital Program Processes and Workflows for Success, specifically specialized in the healthcare vertical. Um, I'll be your host today. My name is Evan Hill. Uh, I'll introduce myself briefly. I'm a product marketing manager here on the team, and one of my favorite roles is to host these conversations that we have have with different members of the owner lifecycle, the project lifecycle. It's always a really fun sort of uh, conversation that we have with, have with different folks every every couple months. Um, a couple of quick housekeeping items before we even dive in. Uh, number one, apologies for the couple minute delay. We were working through some technical difficulties. Uh, occasionally those pop up, uh, not a huge deal, but uh, we're still gonna try and respect the hour time limit that we set for this. Um, second of all, it's meant to be very conversational and in format and approach. Uh, I personally do not enjoy looking at a presentation or a PowerPoint screen for an hour and just looking at blank text. I I do not find value or or, educational value in that. So the format is meant to be very conversational and approach. Um, One thing we've learned just as as an organization here at eBuilder and Trimble as a whole is that prospects and customers don't enjoy hearing from people who work for the company. And we fully support that support that sort of uh, idea and concept. We wanna hear from owners. We wanna hear from people who are actually utilizing the software to benefit their organizations. So that it, t- today's event is really to support um, those desires and those hopes from uh, prospects and customers to hear from, from, their, co- from their colleagues. Um, I, we, we have three amazing guests today that we, that we were lucky enough to lock down for you today. I'm gonna introduce them shortly. The way this is going to work is we're going to go for about 30 to 40 minutes, depending on how the conversation goes. Um, And then at the end, we'll have a Q&A session. So for everybody who is attending today's webinar, uh, if you see on the right side of your screen, you should see a questions uh, functionality, a questions tab. Uh, We have somebody who is actively monitoring the questions tab, and we will try to get through as many of your questions as possible. I will throw them randomly. Um, I will throw random curveballs at our guests today. So uh, Linda, William, and and Elsie, um, I might throw you on the spot a little bit later uh, towards the end of the show, but um, do not forget to ask questions. We typically get a lot, so uh, we try to take those on a first come, uh, first serve basis. my voice and my and my throat hurts a little bit today, so I'm gonna try to do as little talking as possible. People are probably already sick and tired of hearing me talk. So with that said, let me introduce our guests. I'll, go, I'll cover all three of you individually, 
and then I'll and then I'll hand it off to each of you to tell a little bit more about yourselves just before we jump into the conversation. We've got Linda Whitmore, who is the Director of Project Development at the University of Maryland Medical Center. We've got William Hux, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Adams. We've got Elsie Lowe, who is the Senior Director of Facilities and Design at Montefiore Medical Center. Uh, Linda, I will start with you. First of all, thank you so much for attending today's webinar. I know you're super busy. We appreciate and are grateful for your time. Why don't you tell the audience, all the listeners here, we've got a lot, which we're super excited about. Tell the audience a little bit more about yourself, your career, and, and how you got to where you are. Sure. Uh, good afternoon. I'm Linda Whitmore. I am the Director of Project Development at the University of Maryland Medical Center. Um, we are the, the flagship hospital for a system of hospitals, a system of 13 hospitals across the state of Maryland. The medical center is in downtown Baltimore. Um, it is an academic medical center. We are affiliated with the University of Baltimore, University of Maryland School of Medicine. Um, we have the main hospital, which is the downtown campus, a midtown campus, which is about a mile away, and we manage um, all the planning, design, and construction for both campuses. Combined, we have about a thousand beds. Um, almost 50% of which are ICU, which is a little unusual. We're also the home of the, the uh, Maryland Shock Trauma Center. Um, I am an architect by training, spent all of my career doing healthcare architecture, first for large firms, then small firms, and I was in private practice for a while. Um, while I was in private practice, the medical center here became my largest client. And uh, while they were going through a leadership transition, um, I was first asked to take a role here on an interim basis so that the new leadership could choose their own staff, which I was delighted to do. Um, and then after about a year, was um, convinced to come inside to work on the owner's side, which I thoroughly enjoy. It's not for everyone, but I love it. Thank Perfect. You. Uh, thank you again. Elsie uh, Lowe is our, is our next individual that I'm gonna introduce. Again, she is the Senior Director of Facilities and Design at Montefiore Medical Center. I hope I pronounced that name correctly. Uh, Elsie, again, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time today. Why don't you give the audience a little bit more background on you and your career? Sure, thank you very much for having me. Um, you know, I, I always, uh, I will talk to anybody that will listen about process improvement um, in, in uh, construction and design project management. Um, as you said, we didn't take on the challenge of pronouncing my entire name, Suwon Elsilo. It's just kind of roll off the tongue, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always a stumbling thing. And, you know, I give people a hard time when they can't pronounce my name and, you know, it puts them on edge and they get all nervous about it. It's great. So much fun. <laughs> um, anyway, I, uh, like Linda, I'm, I'm trained as an architect. I went to architecture school. Um, and uh, quite early on in my career, I uh, happened to have fallen into a, a career working for a hospital directly as owner's rep. Uh, I spent the last 26, 27 years or so uh, working as owner's rep for uh, hospitals. Um, I spent a brief period of three years uh, working for the New York State uh, Dormitory Authority, uh, once again, also building hospital. So I consider myself a hospital uh, builder um, which sees the project from beginning to end, uh, from design all the way, concept design all the way to uh, to turnover and occupancy. 
uh, in between all of that is, you know, there's the, I mean, I think a lot of your audience today is uh, owners rapper involved in the owner side. So they understand that it's, 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 uh, there's many, many facets of what we have to do and there's a lot of pieces uh, that has to be pulled together. Um, I started out, um, I kind of worked my way up the ranks over the years. Um, and, um, you know, I felt the pain of, of what it means to manage project, the day-to-day -day, um, insanity that you need to deal with mm -hmm. and the various uh, component of the project in order to deliver it uh, successfully. So um, I was just telling someone, um, uh, one of my, my project managers, about how I was the worst brat. I was the worst complainer when they started talking about system uh, improvement and process change and, you know, uh, using them to do project management, all the data entry and the update of the budget and schedule and notes and stuff like that. I was the worst complainer. And, but sitting where I am right now, I see the necessity, but I still remember the pain of having to so, um, so as I'm sitting in the seat that I'm right now, I, I am sensitive to that, and you know there needs to be a balance that to be struck between having the, necess the necessary evil of working in a system and um, computerizing it, um, making it more automated, and the real work that we have to do in the field. Thank you for that intro, Elsie. I'll just say I really appreciate you bringing on a human-sized bear in the background, too, to today's webinar. Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't expect a fourth guest today, but uh, what did you say? It's my friend. He's been keeping company for the last couple months. I have to find someone in childcare and donate that, too. <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, uh, the final guest we have today, unfortunately, you cannot see him be uh, over video because we are having, like I said, technical difficulties, but that is okay. We still have this wonderful voice. William Hux is the Chief Operating Officer at Adams. William, again, thank you for your time today. Super appreciate uh, your commitment. I know, I know you're a busy guy, but why don't you give us a little bit more background on you and your career? Thanks, Evan. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, so just real briefly, I've been with Adams for 20 years, so I've been doing healthcare owner's rep or program management for the last 20 years or so. Prior to that, I was in healthcare construction management, so I was on the construction side of things. So just, that's just a little bit about me, about our company, Adams. We're, we've been around for 35 years, and our, our niche and our core uh, competency is delivering uh, healthcare capital projects for our clients. So we work for, you know, a lot of not-for-profit academic medical center, faith-based hospitals and health systems across the country. Um, our, co our company is a small company, 45 or so folks, and we're currently working in about 15 states across the country. Um, so excited to be here. And we've been, gosh, I guess we've been using eBuilder for probably, you know, I would say eight to 10 year timeframe internally at Adams. That's awesome. Well, hey, folks, I appreciate each of you introducing yourselves. A couple of quick final notes before we jump into this discussion. Number one, if you have to leave halfway through or something like that, no big deal whatsoever. We're recording this. It will be accessible on demand and it will be emailed to you. Um, the second item, I completely forgot. So I'm just going to stick with the one housekeeping item. 
But let's jump let's jump right into our topic list. We have a ton of you know requested questions and topics that people submitted for us to dis discuss today. Elsie, um, I'm actually going to start with you because you mentioned um, that you were one of the largest complainers of a pre sort of uh, you know project management, effective product project management, uh, data management sort of system. Um, Digitizing processes in healthcare is, uh, and I guess just improving processes to a, and workflows to a more uh, digitized, efficient system is is unique because I feel like the efficiency of um, dollar allocation, especially when it comes to budget in healthcare, has such a real impact on people. Like I, I feel healthcare is sort of unique in that sort of uh, industry or vertical. I guess you could say it's different than like. Uh, I feel like the commercial world or something like that, because every dollar saved that you you know get from a project management system means you could potentially allocate that dollar to a new cancer research center, a new something you know fill in the blank that really materially affects people's lives. So that's a very long-winded intro to the question, but Elsie, why don't you give me a sort of um, background or context to what your world looked like pre project management system. What was that difficulty? What were those pains? What did life look like managing that day to day project data pre eBuilder? So, um, I gotta be honest, I have been this, uh, my, my stay here in Montefiore is the first time I'm using eBuilder. I've used other uh, project management systems, right? And I've also been in uh, hospitals where they have nothing. So what do they do when they have nothing? They end up using Excel and, you know, emails and just, you know, the data is just all over the place. Um, where I was complaining a lot was one of the more, more, more robust uh, system uh, that, that, uh, that particular institution believe in investing in this project management system and they were trying to implement it, refine it, and so on and so forth. And some of the refinement really is too onerous and it's too, um, uh, too tedious for, for data entry. Um, there was a lot of questions in the introduction there. Uh, you were talking about financial um, accountability, which is quite important. Uh, especially uh, when you work for an institution like Montefiore. Montefiore is is uh, it's located in the Bronx in New York. We serve a very, um, uh, very underserved uh, community of, of folks. Um, and you know, when you know, for those of you who are in uh, on the hospital side as an owner side, you know, the business is always depending on insurance uh, reimbursement. Reimbursement, right? When you in a in in an affluent neighborhood, most likely they have private insurance. Private insurance in general um, will provide better reimbursement than uh, than you know public insurance like Medicaid and Medicare. So the revenue base is a lot higher if you are in a in the uh, affluent neighborhood so that they get private insurance and stuff like that. So Montefiore's revenue base compared to other people is substantially higher with the public reimbursement. So being financially um, uh, accountable for capital development is quite important. Um, and our capital budget is limited in a lot of sense because of that. Um, so being able, um, I, that's what I try to explain. Uh, in order to engage uh, 
my associate, my PMs, I try to explain to them a lot of why, right? Why do you need to, you know, you know, enter and manage your budget and make sure that you ask for the right amount of money? And when the project's over, why is it important to finish up all your financials and return whatever money is remaining? Because, like you said, whatever money is remaining will most likely go into the program. Because if you don't create your budget properly, right, you create a budget that's too high, you end up reserving funding that potentially could be used elsewhere. Or worse yet, if the budget is developed in such a way where it's, it's, it's way out of the water, the project might never get done. And the required services that's, that's going to be provided by that project will not be, will not be there. So being able to, to create a proper budget with accountability, with proper review steps, which is managed by something like eBuilder, um, and and having to be able to vet that out, it's quite important. Um, the other part that is that is great that these kind of systems could do is um, the overall portfolio view, right? So at the end of the day, if you accumulated enough data across all different kind of projects that you have working on within that period of time. You can leverage that data and find out what the average cost is. That gives you the ability to forecast um, uh, cash flow. That gives you the ability to forecast project costs. That gives you the ability to plan out what project you're going to do and how much of capital expense needs to be for that particular year. So, you know, it's it, day to day, it's very important. But that overall view to be able to see your portfolio of projects, what's, you know, like, what does it cost me? What is, how much is it going to take and how long is it going to take and, and so on and so forth. It's, it's a very powerful part of uh, a financial uh, project management system like, like uh, Linda, I'll jump over to you. Tell me a little bit more about what your experience was like pre a, a project management system like eBuilder or another what like Elsie mentioned what did that day-to-day -day look like but also what enhancements or abilities did you gain being able to look at a project's performance from a sort of bird's eye view so my experience was a little different than Elsie's um, when I joined the medical center a little over 15 years ago now um, we had no project management system in place um, quite frankly we were buried in paper and lots of it um, you know, we were managing budgets on, on spreadsheets, um, and, and tracking, <clears throat> excuse me, tracking, um, shop drawings and change orders on pa in paper again, and very labor intensive and time wasting to have to chase that paper around. Um, I also then had, because things couldn't be well shared, I had project managers doing things like tracking down invoices and trying to get invoices paid rather than an assistant who should be taking care of that kind of work. Um, as a leader from the group, though, one of the, one of the biggest challenges is every time a, what should be a simple request comes, came across from my leadership team, a simple question like, how much have we spent on the cancer center over the last five years? couldn't tell them. We'd have to recreate all of that information from scratch. So the reporting features of, of having all of your information in a comprehensive database um, is immensely helpful. Being able to really 
at any time run multiple reports that will give you a glimpse of the entire program from many perspectives. Perfect. That's that's a great ad. William, how about how about yourself? Yeah, I think just kind of the theme from what the other two have said and what I would add to it is in construction projects, there's just there's too much financial risk and too much complexity to to operate, you know, on your financial side with an Excel spreadsheet. Um, you know, it's just too much fragility in that spreadsheet. It, it's a it's a setup for individuals to inadvertently make mistakes and uh, you know, and too many things that can go wrong. And so that's you know that's one of the nice things we like about a system like eBuilder is uh, it, it just eliminates opportunities for failure, both you know unintentionally by an individual um, and just the you know the software, the systems letting people down and organizations down. And then just also like Linda was saying, just the ability to customize the reports and give leadership, whether it's leadership of our company or, or our clients, um, consistent reporting and data is very valuable to them. And a lot of other benefits, but those are really, you know, in my mind, that's the risk you're eliminating and the process improvement you're gaining by such a, such a system. Well, thank you folks for your, your thoughts on sort of what I felt like was needing to establish a baseline a baseline experience of what life looked like before a project management system was implemented. Now I want to move on to the implementation experience and frankly this is something where it's totally okay to be vulnerable and admit that you know there were mistakes made along the way whether they were whether it was around getting internal adoption and buy-in whatever it may be um, but but Elsie I'll start with you again and we'll go around Robin again but what was your implementation experience like? What was it like to go from no system at all, you know, just Excel and, and a ton of paper to, you know, a, a real construction project management system like eBuilder? Where, what were your pet peeves? What struggles did you have? Um, what return on investment did you get? So um, at different places, it's different, right? Um, but um, across the board, there's, there's always that initial uh, conversation that you need to have with uh, senior leadership uh, about this investment because, you know, it's always, it's not just the, uh, you don't purchase the software anymore, you do subscriptions. The recurrent subscription costs, uh, it also there's a, there's a human part of it, right? Because you, you have human resources to put in to train people and so on and so forth. Um, but the most difficult part is the integration with the existing financial system. Um, like most, all the hospitals that I've worked in, there's always there's a financial system that's already there. That's managing, you know, not only capital, they're managing the day-to-day -day operation purchases and, and so on and so forth. So capital is only a piece of what they need to manage. So that integration is, is always a challenge to try to break in. Um, you know, you know, in, in one scenario, most scenario, you try to introduce this project management software that design and construction use because of other component of it besides the, besides the financial part uh, that's important. And by the way, we should probably talk about that later. Um, you know, the integration of other parts of, of, of project management software that besides the financial piece. 
anyway, um, that in relation to the hospitals, uh, what they call the uh, ultimate truth, financial truth for the budget, it, it, that integration could be difficult, uh, especially if you come in and they already exist for years and years and they have all this stuff program and you try to bring in. Um, if you're lucky enough, if they're switching uh, financial software at the same time, you should absolutely try to break in at the ground up so that the integration for your project management system is at the same time. And they have Sorry to cut you off. Linda, what was your experience like going from no system to a professional project management system? Uh, in some ways similar to what Elsie described, although we chose not to integrate with our financial system um, from the start. We wanted to work within our own project management system and better learn it, better understand it, and have that in place before we chose to make the link to the financial system. So mm -hmm. rather than a, a formal link, we developed a way that we got um, a once daily download of information from our financial system that we could then compare compare to. Well, and honestly, I jump in real quick? I'm just gonna yeah. jump in real quick. That that's interesting to me because we hear uh, just to be blunt and frank, like the opposite from a lot of customers. It's like, hey, you know, we need a direct integration with our financial system and we're not a, we're not able to move forward in implementation unless it unless it's directly connected as we're setting up the system. Right. What, can you tell me a little bit more, um, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but this is a, this no, is fine. Really curious. I'm, I'm actually like genuinely really curious about this. What was the, I guess, sort of rationale for why you guys chose to take that approach and what do you feel like you gained from it? Um, I think what we gained, let me ask you, answer your first question first. Um, we came to that decision because um, we knew it would have slowed us down. We knew it was going to take a lot longer and be difficult to get the sort of buy-in of finance. Finance was very protective of their system. They didn't want something new, something from the outside, something that quite honestly wasn't hosted on our servers to be integrated with their system. So there was a lot of reluctance and we didn't want to wait. We didn't want that to slow us down, but truly we haven't found it to be a detriment. But the, the, it's interesting, the way you worded your question, I think, is indicative, though, of some other issues that we had in that when we started out, the very early planning, sitting around a conference table, trying to sit, work through things, what in retrospect were simple things, like permissions, who has access to what? We spent hours and hours figuring out who should have access to what layers of folders and who should have access to different things. And then we stepped back and realized we're coming from a system where everything was on a shared server. Everybody had access to everything. Why are we so caught up on does, you know, Elsie have access to folder one and Linda have access to folder three? We were stressing over things that were not important. Um, I think one of the phrases I used yesterday when, when in a different conference was, um, and I just recently heard that, is something to the effect of perfection was the enemy of progress and we found that to be true we were trying so hard when we were defining new processes to figure out every possible eventuality that we never that we never got to the end because there was always one more possibility that we hadn't thought of we had there's one gentleman on my staff wonderful very smart guy 
but developed a process for um, making new capital requests. It has like 300 steps because he, he couldn't let it go until every possible eventuality was covered. And my, my, in hindsight, what I would say to myself five years ago and to anyone else considering that is, is don't do it. Just, just try it. Try it. The only way you're going to know if something works is to try it, and you can always change it. But it will never be perfect. There will always be something that, that is, works outside of the system, but that's true now. That's always true. I love that it, quote. Perfection it is was fascinating how much time we spent trying to figure out who should have access to what folders. Yeah. Coming from a system where everything was on the same server and we could all see everything. Yeah. William, how about yourself? Yeah, the, the, this, you're making it easy for me, Evan, because I get the benefit of, you know, these guys are giving all the good answers. I just get to comment hey, don't say on that you know. too early. I'm going to throw you some curveballs later. So you just, you know, you just got but, yourself. So I'm kind of coming at it. Yeah, so I'm kind of coming at it from like our own experience years ago and then probably maybe more useful of either assisting our clients like along with, you know, eBuild or whatever in implementing it on their behalf or watching, you know, clients implement it and see their struggles and what went well and, and what didn't. So that's, you know, kind of got a little different perspective just of, of what, what we've seen across the company. Um, you know, one thing I would say is you have to dedicate the resources to it. It's it's just not something that you just like, hey, we're going to, you know, everybody stop using Excel on Friday and start using eBuilder on Monday. It, it takes some time. I mean, you got to commit to it, but you just got to allow the resources and the training. And then what I've seen is, you know, once people make that decision, you got to start using it. It's a use it or lose it type skill set. People people need to keep using it or you're going to be in this constant retraining cycle. Um, so, William, I want to dive into that a little bit further. It's an, the topic of adoption, especially when it comes to new software, is an interesting one. Uh, getting internal buy-in around, you know, establishing a new process, a new system, a new way to effectively manage data can be really difficult. And it, it, it's a common um, I guess you could say concern or struggle with many different types of organizations. But what would you say are, if you're if you feel comfortable sharing some practical strategies that you guys executed on to achieve that internal buy-in? So yeah, no, that's a good good question. And I think the just like most things, if you want people to adopt it, show it how it benefits them, right? I mean, it's not like, hey, this is just a corporate cram down. This is gonna make your life easier and better and take some risk off of you as the individual manage them, managing the project, you just got, you got to make an investment and you got to learn how to use it and it's going to pay dividends to you as the individual using it and also to leadership, you know, in the reports and all the information that they can get as well. So, I mean, I've just, and that's, I think fairly easy to do because it's just a lot of benefits. You know, we've covered some of those to such a, a system as an e-builder. Um, I would say that like what else he said, that integration piece that so on behalf of the clients that integration with Lawson or whatever that accounting system they use is that's a tough nut to crack and and honestly we've had some people that have really spent a lot of time in a staff augmentation role for some clients that have have helped put that together but that's that's a complicated piece of the puzzle and I, I think Elsie 
kind of nailed that. As far as what I've seen on the client side, that's probably the biggest challenge that they run into. You know, and I would just, another thing to Linda's comment about perfection, I think we as, you know, project manager types, right? So we love all this kind of stuff. Man, we were, we had these reports that we were running initially that had, you know, 15 columns of data in it. And then, you know, what we realized is it, that's not necessary. We're giving it to our clients. They don't even understand it. Like, so then we kind of whittled it down to like, okay, let's, yes, you can, you can have 15 columns of data in a cost report, or, you know, you can probably tell the story in maybe eight columns of data and the client will understand it better. And, you know, and honestly, our people probably understand it better too. So it's like, there's a bunch of data and, and, but the good thing to like Linda's point of the perfection is you, you start doing it, you, you start figuring out what works and like, well, hey, we don't need all this data. So let's, let's change the report, right? And run the report that gives us the data we need and, and drop what doesn't work for us. So it's true. It's 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 they are the finance folks are very protective of the data and they are very suspicious if anybody wanna try in there and add anything or submit anything electronically and so on. So they're extremely protective, so protective, so it's very difficult to convince them that this is necessary, this integration is a good thing. Um, I've been campaigning for that for the mm -hmm. As soon as I hit here in Montefiore to you know to try to get that done, um, it, it's not easy. So as a drawback, I mean as a, as not a drawback, as as a compromise, right? We need to continue to move forward. And similar to Linda, you know, we're implementing things that are standalone and with some data transfer done manually with a clerk that we happen to we're lucky to have in our office that transfer that data from one place to another, and then. Once it's entered there, it makes its route for approval. And when the PO get issued, she has the job to check it on a regular basis. She get a summary report. She go and check the ones that's outstanding, and then get transfer that information, the PO number, the check pay number, uh, check day number, uh, back into into uh, eBuilder so that we could get that up to date information. Certainly, it's not as as good as automatic transfer electronically overnight that it happens. Um, but it's it's basically the compromise that we have to make currently until I finish this negotiation that I'm trying to do uh, to do the integration. So. William, I want to go back to you for a second. Um, you know, we've been spending a lot of our time talking about, you know, updating our processes to a more digital version, maybe processes that even include, you know, 300 steps like like Linda or 300 possible outcomes like Linda mentioned earlier. But another strong sort of, I, I guess I would almost call it underrated piece of functionality that comes with a project management system is document storage. And I, I know it's not like a super sexy feature, but it's, it's underrated in my opinion. The integrity of being able to say, you know, this is the most up-to-date document for anybody who's trying to access something. That's an underrated struggle, you know, yep. for people who are coming from no systems at all. Uh, William, why don't you talk a little bit about the value that, you know, a central document storage system that's integrated with all the processes, you know, you've implemented, what type of value has that brought you? Yeah, no, that's a, it's a good point. Um, and what, so as, you know, an advocate for our clients or on the owner's side, 
uh, so a couple of things about that. One is the owner has the project files and the project data, right? As opposed to traditional system where, you know, the design and engineering team, they have their own, right, their own systems and their own document storage uh, solutions and the contractors, you know, typically are using some type of system internal to their company and they're storing all their information there as well. And, you know, while contracts, you know, of course, are written to, to allow the owner access to this information, right? And it's all turned over in theory at the end of the project. It's just no replacement for like, hey, the owner has a builder and and all the project file. Everybody is, is storing their documents on the owner's system. So it's just peace of mind for our clients. And we like that and that they control that documentation, um, you know, kind of no questions asked. Um, and, and it's an easy thing to do. It, it's, you know, like Linda said about the, you know, worrying about the control or who's got access and all that. But it, it's in a relative sense, it's an easy thing to set up your file structure and, you know, and, and move that over and use it in eBuilder. Um, so I, that's kind of what I have seen about uh, the documentation piece and some of the advantages if you're on the owner side that it that it brings with it. I'll I'll maybe tread into another area you didn't ask about. But so that's, in my mind, that's an easy thing to use. And what I've seen with our clients and our projects is it's very, you know, pain-free to implement. I will say, and I guess this would be something I would advise I would give to folks that are considering an e-builder or similar is, you know, it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of uh, bells and whistles, right? There's a lot of different features you can use. And, you know, just like anything, right? Some are more useful than others. And so uh, we've also seen it where people just insist on adopting like literally every feature. And I, I honestly, I would say that probably hasn't gone as well for people because just some things work better than others, right? I mean, I'll just give you a for instance, like as much as we would love for the cash flow feature to do everything we want to do and stand on its head and give cash flows for us and our clients, you know, every time we ask it to, we have just not had a, we have not had the measure of success with that that we're comfortable with to use on a day-to-day -day basis. And so, you know, I mean, so we're not using that feature. So it just, as opposed to somebody trying to use everything and getting frustrated with it, my advice would be to, to use the things that are the easiest to implement and build on that um, you know, as you go. I, and I'd be interested if Linda or Elsie, you know, what their experience was in their organizations about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, I think there are, there is more functionality than you will need, especially when you're first starting. So, you know, try to try to get the basics down and really understand that before you start developing more advanced processes. Um, as far as the, the document storage, that, that really was extremely beneficial to us um, because as for two reasons. One is it was accessible from anywhere, having it web-based, which our, our internal servers <clears throat> we're not at the time. So having it web-based was helpful. <clears throat> it continues to be helpful having it web-based because as you can imagine, being in a hospital, the, the data that is on a hospital server is very highly protected by IT security. So because we have our, our e-builder system hosted 
um, it gives us much more flexibility in allowing people access to different things. Um, in addition, we we did quickly build some um, document folder structures that are now uh, just a built template. So when I am asked for a date, for a budget, for a, some piece of in update on a project, I don't have to go track the project manager down. I can just look it up. And I, I like to be able to <clears throat> know where things are and go and find them and pull them out. If I have a question, sure, you follow up with the project manager. <clears throat> but being able to find data and know where it is is very helpful. Having to find a person to look things up for you is a waste of time. Elsie, mm -hmm. any, anything you want to add on the document storage piece? I mean, Yes, I agree. There's a lot of feature in eBuilder that you don't necessarily want to all jump in into, and, and it's true. I do agree with, uh, with William and with Linda that you have to start from the basic and make sure that's uh, that's robust before you go forward. But the, the good thing about the document storage is that a lot of processes could reference the document. So um, that's an, a useful tool to have. Um, we and and. Being that it's web-based is another useful tool, right? Because we're, we're lucky enough to have not only the project managers working on the project, we also have construction managers. Uh, we have construction supervisors as in the field. They're like field reps that are, you know, that execute the project once it goes to the construction. So a lot of these field uh, people, construction management people, they don't, they don't sit in front of the desk to be able to have access to the server, to the hospital server. So they all walk around with tablets. They have an iPad, and they could log into eBuilder on the iPad, or they could use it from their phone, and they could have access to documents. So if they need to do a quick reference, if they don't have the paper uh, drawing, they could go in there and do quick reference. The other thing they do on there is all the safety documentation, the PICRA, ICRA, the daily checklist, and all that stuff. They could do that right there. Um, we actually created a form so that the daily checklist is being done on the iPad and they do it right, they save it right on there. So I don't know if they have joint commission, I guess they do in Baltimore, they have to, right? Um, joint commission come and, you know, one of the first thing they ask for as far as design construction documentation is concerned is these daily checklists. If they do it on a regular basis, easy enough on, on the internet and it's saved automatically into equal as easy for them to get. Um, and, you know, if you have stuff RFI and things like that. Easy for them to take a picture, attach that picture as part of that uh, RFI in eBuilder, and be able to upload that, and that goes out uh, automatically. And it's not an email that you have to find later on as to what the RFI is. That RFI eventually might potentially become a change order. Then that's your backup. So there's that link of the processes and of the documents that you're putting in there. Uh, and the other thing we use the document management for is to for the other team member that's not designed construction, like IT. IT needs the latest drawing so that we they can start laying out cabling plan and stuff like that. We point them to the folder and they go in and pull the latest drawing and then go from there. Um, you know, telecom, same thing. A regulatory person uh, go into our document management system and eBuilder to uh, download applications to download the pre-occupancy survey uh, documents that we need the certification letters and everything. So document storage might seem boring, but if used correctly and integrated with other processes, uh, it's it's very useful. 
That's great. Um, I am keeping an eye on the clock since we are approaching the hour. Uh, we've got several questions that have come in, and I want to throw a couple curveballs at you guys if that's okay. Um, I think we will go round robin with the first couple that we have, and then I'll ask each of you individually on a couple of more specific instance ones. Um, William, you've helped probably hundreds of people implement eBuilder and other project management systems. What would you say are, or I guess what tips would you give for people considering uh, making the jump to a project management system or are considering changing their current construction management system provider? You know, I think the first tip, if you're not using a project management system and, and you routinely do construction projects, my tip would be implement one, get one, <laughs> pick one and use it because it's going to be, it's going to bring a discipline and, uh, and consistency that you don't otherwise have. So that would be the main thing is to, to use one. Um, you know, that's a good question about changing systems. Um, and, and we've definitely had some clients that have, have changed systems along the way. Um, again, I think it just goes to the dedicating the resources to it, right? I mean, you just got to take it seriously and allow the people, the resources to, to make a, a good implementation once you go to, you know, whatever system you choose or even to make a change that it's it's just not a it's not flipping a switch type you know type activity um, it it needs to be taken seriously and it needs to be also just you know, at a leadership level in the organization it needs to have a champion right that can kind of help drive it and make sure that the resources are available you know to Elsie's point if you're gonna if you're gonna integrate on the financial side that that's that's usually not like you know. Uh, planning, design, and construction, going over to to the finance group and saying, "Hey, we're using eBuilder now. You guys need to start integrating with us." <laughs> that's going to happen at a CEO, CFO type level um, decision. Elsie or Linda, anything to add there? Um, I would. You go ahead, I would. Add, I would add um, just simply <clears throat> upstream of that is do your homework. There are a mm -hmm. lot of good systems on the market. Check them all out, do your research, and talk to references. Um, because there are a lot of really good systems, but they're all a little different. And the only way you're really gonna hear the truth of how they work is to hear, talk to the references. We ended up choosing eBuilder because we found it to be the most owner-focused, owner-friendly system, but do your homework and, and definitely talk to references. We spent a lot of time talking to references. Uh, yeah, that's a great point, Linda. I mean, so I probably should have said that as well because we've, for our clients, for many clients, we've run RFP processes for this type of system. And I, I think that's useful because the clients always learn something from looking at, at options. And, you know, it, it's not just one size fits all type solution. So that, that's a great point, Linda. Elsie? So, I have to say that I was never in the position where I had to pick between systems. And, and what William said and what Linda said certainly uh, it's, it's sound advice to talk to references and to particular <coughs> all the system that's out there. Um, there is a lot of, um, it, it, you know, as much as I, I, some of 
the software uh, company will say, oh, it's out of the box, you can use it right away. It doesn't happen. There's a lot of customization that needs to happen. Um, so certainly be prepared to invest. But let me tell you, it's far better. It's it's not going to be easy. It's going to be painful to do the implementation, especially when you have, um, it depends on your demographic of your staff. Some some are, you know, used to pen and paper. They just, you know, they fax. They don't, you know, it's like, you know, stuff like that. So it's it's not, it's going to be painful, but it's absolutely worth it. Um, the alternative of not having a system, it's not, um, it's it's horrible. We, 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 you're going to see that it's tremendous improvement once you get to the other side, once you get over the floor. Yeah, I just want to jump on something you said at the end there, it kind of segues into our next question. I think we'll, we have time for one to two more maybe. Um, but how would you say, how would you say your organizations have measured effectiveness or improving efficiency from implementing one of these systems like eBuilder? Is there any examples you can give? And Linda, maybe I'll start with you, if you don't mind. Uh, that's an interesting question and um, a difficult one to answer. We we measure our entire team's productivity in terms of percentage of cost of the capital program. So we look at what the cost of our work is, internal mm -hmm. resources, external resources that we need. Um, <clears throat> I can tell you, you know, over time, it continues to go down. I can tell you that over the last five years since we have implemented eBuilder, it, it, again, it has continued to go down. Um, but I'd like to think that's for a lot of reasons. I can't, I can't honestly say we have measured specific productivity changes that specifically to having the software. William, how about you? I feel like I'm getting a sense that you might have an answer there. Well, probably not the answer you're looking for. I mean, I agree with Linda. It's just, it's not that, I mean, as much as we'd love to say, I'd love to sit here and go, yeah, we, you know, experienced a 13 and a half percent productivity increase. Uh, it's, it's just, it's not that, it's not that easy to measure. But in part, because part of what it's hard to measure is taking, so instead of people spending their time on tasks that are inefficient and not really the highest and best use of their skill sets, mm -hmm. what I would, uh, what I would kind of put out to you is, they spend less time doing that and they spend more time doing the the productive things on their projects and addressing and avoiding issues so it's hard to measure you know what i mean like that's a very difficult thing to measure like what well how many how many problems did you avoid because you're not spending an inordinate amount of time doing something that you really don't need to spend your time doing um so I don't, I mean, I, I wish I had something that's cut and dry as that, but I, I think it's your, you allow your people to spend their time where they need to be spending it and where they can have the most positive impact in delivering these projects um, with certainty, um, you know, for sure. Uh, I, yeah, so that's my best, sorry, that's my best answer. No that's a great answer. Elsie, I'm going to give you the final word since you were the first to show up today. Like you can have, have the right answer, Evan. She's, she got it. <laughs> so, look, I, I think the advantage is not measured by productivity. It doesn't make you do faster. This is not automation. This is not a factory going into robotic automation. This is not, I think, the advantage of having a system 
is accountability, is mm -hmm. being able to find things. I mean, you know, to hunt down invoices. How much have we paid? This, what's the PO number? And how much have we paid on this PO? And why are we paying this? It's it's that having everything in one place, and that's the efficiency that that, that you can get. Not so much you could do more work, but yeah. having the ability, having the clarity of where you are with the budget, having that communication clarity as well, and who approved what, and 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 that that's the advantage of having a system. It's not so much you could do more. You know, it's not a factory upgrade. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, human proofing your capital program processes and workflows for success. That is today's <laughs> webinar. Those are your guests, Linda Whitmore, Director of Project Development at the University of Maryland Medical Center, William Hux, Chief Operating Officer at Adams, and Elsie Lowe, the Senior Director of Facilities and Design at Montefiore Medical Center. Folks, uh, seriously, super grateful for all three of you. Um, unfortunately, we cannot see William's beautiful face today, but William, thank you, thank you for, your, for your voice and perspective today. Um, final note, just before we sign off, you get, will receive uh, an email with this webinar um, accessible on demand in your email inbox, so be on the lookout for that. If you want to request a certificate of completion for this webinar, you can also reach out to one of our team members and you will also receive that. But with that said, thank you folks for tuning in. We really appreciate your time. We know everyone is busy and we hope this conversational format delivered value for you and your organization. Thanks everyone, stay healthy and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks everybody. Thanks for having us. Yep, thank you.